On Podcast 1865, Ford's Mac E Rally, Hyundai consider Tesla's Nax, and a Neo Milestone. Stick around, those stories are coming up. Also, Xiaomi's EV platform, a Mitsubishi issue in China and DHL and their EV trucks. Those stories and a lot more. Trying a new things, you know when to expect to show. We go live at 5 UK. That's midday Eastern. Patreon supporters get the episodes, though, as soon as they're ready and ad-free. Be like them by clicking on a link on the sh- in the show notes. And welcome to a new Patreon producer, Hilary Highland. Thank you so much, Hilary, for signing up as a new producer of the show. It's thanks to amazing individuals like you and awesome companies and organisations that support the work that we do, spread the word about EVs, fight the fossils, and allow me to do this as work. It's not really work, is it? But allow me to do this as work rather than other things that would have to pay the bills. It's thanks to Patreon that I get to do this, that you get this po- podcast, and hopefully uh, well, everybody else gets it for free, and uh, and they appreciate uh, what our amazing uh, Patreon producers and executive producers and above do. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening in the world. EV News Daily is your trusted source of EV information for the weekend, Sunday, 16th of July. My name is Martin Lee, and I've been through every EV story over the weekend, so you don't have to. Ford unveiled their Mustang Mach-E rally at the Goodwood Festival of Speed, sadly cancelled yesterday, but back on today. It's an off-road version of their EV. The Mach-E Rally has circular fog lights at the front, a motorsport tow hook, tyres with knobbly threads uh, for off-road traction, and a rear spoiler as well. Now, specific details about the off-road upgrades and the powertrain and the price even, if we can buy one, are under wraps. The Mackie Rally will be available for orders, though, so we think it will be available to the general public uh, sometime this autumn. The idea for the Mackie Rally came from one of the Rallycross enthusiasts that works in Ford's team, uh, which monitors customer feedback. They're called the Always On team, and uh, they look at social media, they look at feedback. They are uh, It's an amazing part of the Ford EV program that works underneath Darren Palmer and they really do look at every bit of feedback they can possibly find to build a picture of you know what charges are working and not working what's good and bad about the cars and what can we improve because this is the, the start of everyone's journey in EV world well the vehicle was driven up the hill climb at Goodwood by the 2019 WRC champion Oitanic the most powerful version of the Mac E currently is the uh, GT and GT Performance, actually, isn't it? The all-wheel drive, dual motors combining 480 horsepower. So that'll be a starting point, I imagine. Mackie Rally features a, a bash plate underneath for protection on the underfloor battery. And it's uh, designed for both tarmac and loose surfaces as well. Let's move on. And Hyundai's CEO hinting at the possibility of the company adopting Tesla's NACS NAX plug. I mean, everybody in North America has to now that Ford and GM and Mercedes and you know Rivian. Oh, and Tesla use that plug. Everybody will have to move over from CCS1. He stated the company is considering what customers want. Well, what customers want, my friend, is reliable charging that always works. And access to Tesla's supercharging network certainly delivers that. And also by putting, because there's two state, there's two parts to Nax, isn't there? There's there's two parts. There's there's the connector, which means that you'll be able to use Tesla's network out of the box without any adapters. And there's also the other part, which is the charging manufacturers adding that plug to their chargers, and that's going to be the issue because, well, they're not always the most reliable charging networks, the non-Tesla ones. And so we'll wait and see. Uh, the last thing we want is the Tesla connector, the Nax plug, which is cool. It's small. It's 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 elegant, and we like it. Um, but uh, being used by 
rubbish charging networks. It'll give it a bad reputation and it defeats the whole point of everyone moving over. So Hyundai's saying we're thinking about it. Yeah, of course, everyone's thinking about it and everyone's waiting for the day that they make the announcement. There is an issue. Hyundai's eGMP platform, so the Ionic 5, 6, the Kia cars, Genesis, they use an 800 volts architecture. So they are built with many 800 volt components and they charge on 800 volt chargers. Uh, Tesla's superchargers operate not at a 400, it's more like a 500 volts limit for now on the V3s. And so it's not an obvious announcement for Hyundai to make because it would then uh, result in a much longer charging time for those cars. But with V4 chargers from uh, from Tesla, that goes up to 1,000 volts and that really does solve that problem. Now let's talk Xiaomi. A leaked image uh, for the first EV platform from the tech company Xiaomi may reveal an 800-volt architecture and a 100-kilowatt-hour battery or more. Xiaomi Automotive is the car division of the Chinese electronics giant, and they're yet to reveal it officially. They have headquarters in Beijing. Their plans are 300,000 vehicles per year. And a leaked image on on Chinese social media uh, showed a sticker. And on the sticker, it was the battery with the Xiaomi logo and some specifications. And the battery was, uh, or the sticker indicated, uh, a 726 uh, volt nominal voltage, 139 amp hour. 101 kilowatt hours and so the high voltage suggests that would be 800 volt fast charging and the large capacity would certainly deliver some very healthy range xiaomi automotive has not confirmed the authenticity of the image yet Uh, we're expecting their sedan to come with all sorts of self-driving lidar goodness the beginning of next year now While we're talking China, a company that uh, we don't talk about very much because they don't have anything to talk about for this podcast, Mitsubishi. Mitsubishi has indefinitely suspended production in China and plans to reduce the staff because of what they say is difficulties in adapting to the swift transition to EVs. Look, it's not that swift. We've been talking about this, this podcast, whatever it is, 1800 episodes old. Everywhere and, and you know Tesla's been doing this for a very long time. Yes, it is swift in car world, but if you're working at a car maker and you come out and go, well, hang on a minute, electric cars, what? So Mitsubishi have gone. Oh, hang on a minute, EVs. Oh, we can, we can't make those. The decision comes as foreign automakers are facing stiff competition from domestic brands in China. Even Mazda's CEO warned that the Chinese market is entering a phase where only the strongest will survive. Well, Mitsubishi's joint venture with GAC will seek a turnaround by reviewing the business management in China. The Japanese car sales have been suffering in China because of a, a lack of EVs to buy. And, of course, the price war as well. So Chinese buyers want to buy electric vehicles, and they want them very high-tech and at a decent price. In June, the market share of Japanese Japanese brands in China's car market fell down from 20% to 17% uh, from the same month last year. Mitsubishi's joint venture halted production back in March after sales of its Outlander uh, has not met any of their expectations. Mitsubishi has no plans to introduce a pure electric vehicle, which is an issue because that's what they're going to need to sell. Let's talk about NEO. NEO hits a new milestone with 25 million battery swaps. Uh, it's a huge milestone, 5 million of those in the last 100 days, averaging 50,000 battery swaps per day. 
NEO operates 1,553 battery swap stations in China. 424 of them are on the main highways. The first battery swap was back in 2018, and car owners at the time were sceptical. And I still talk to people who are sceptical about battery swapping. And so am I in areas like, well, in like the United States, where many people have access to off-road parking. They're not in major urban areas. And if that doesn't apply to you, and you haven't got somewhere to charge your car overnight, and you live... and and you live somewhere like China with big urban areas. Oh, and by the way, here's a part of the discussion that never, ever gets mentioned with incredibly good high-speed, long-distance public transport. That is the that is almost the kicker with battery swapping that I never, never hear mentioned when I see it talked about, written about, commentated on. The key to China loving battery swapping is because it works in big urban centres, because you don't need to worry about driving 2,000 miles across the country in your EV. Although, of course, some Chinese owners do, because long-distance, high-speed public transport is so good in China, so much better than other parts of the world, you simply don't need to take your car, because you have that option. Uh, it took Neo 29 months to get their first 1 million battery swaps, and four years to get to 10 million. 20 million was done in nine months, and uh, from the 10 month, from the 10 million milestone, and now here they are, 25 million battery swaps. They want to add another 1,000 stations in China this year, alone bringing the total to 2,300 by the end of the year. There's 19 in Europe for now, but they have big plans as well. And again, I don't know how it's going to take off in Europe. We do have fairly decent public transport, while well, some of the European high-speed rail is better than what, <laughs> what we have here um, in the UK, which has largely been cocked up by privatisation and our delightful governments over the years. Now we'll talk DHL, uh, Deutsche Post. DHL has introduced 13 pure electric Volvo trucks to their German fleet in Berlin to collect their mail from commercial clients. Spending 2 million euros on this, the trucks as part of the Volvo FL electric type. 130 kilowatts of power, 300 kilometres of range. Charging takes place overnight. Uh, on DC charging at one of their mail centres near Berlin Airport, each Volvo truck can take a maximum of 150 kilowatts of DC fast charging. Well, Deutsche Post DHL had experience from May last year with these models. At the time they announced, 44 of them would be entering their fleet across Europe. They have a target of 60% pure EVs by the end of the decade. Well, Slovakian EVs will be cheaper than diesel ones, according to this article by the end of the decade. There's been some analysis done by the Slovak Institute for Environmental Policy as emissions uh, continue to or emissions reductions continue to increase, uh, and that is affecting the price of cars running on fossil fuels. EVs become more efficient as time goes on. You and I know that. We know that it's cheaper to run in the long term, and we know that in the long term, uh, in order to comply with increasing regulation, it's going to be harder and harder for the car makers to sell combustion cars. This particular piece of analysis suggests people would save €2,500 if they buy an EV within five years of the EU's combustion engine ban at the end of the decade. The price of cars running on fossil fuels will continue to rise, they say, uh, while manufacturers are scaling up EV production and prices will decline. This means the price of EVs and fossil cars, they think the crossover point at point of purchase, not long-term running, not ongoing costs, not servicing, not fueling, but the point of purchase 
where you just make that initial outlay, they think 2028. Now, I've seen some amazing EV deals where the EVs have been on some smaller um, smaller city cars, little Peugeots and stuff, so not the, the buy price, but the lease price or the monthly price has been the same as the combustion one. And that's now, that was last year in 2022. But this piece of research says 2028 that EVs swap over. That is the crossover point. For larger SUVs, the difference is even more significant, they say. And in within two years of buying an EV, uh, they said you save €7,500 on the running cost as well. Interesting piece of uh, research there to have a little look at. Take a quick break. Back in a second, uh, we will talk Alpine and we will talk new battery technology. If you'd like the podcast ad-free, by the way, uh, you can sign up to our Patreon either as a uh, producer, executive producer, get a mention on a Sunday, um, or maybe even higher. Maybe you work for an organisation and you'd like a mention on the podcast. Be delighted to help you out uh, with that. Check out Patreon, patreon.com slash evnewsdaily. Back in a sec. Well, as the world moves towards electrification, the energy storage industry is increasingly dependent on raw materials like lithium and cobalt. They're critical, and it makes the diversification of battery chemistries crucial if we're going to have some long-term growth. We've been talking a little bit on the podcast recently about sodium-ion batteries, and they are emerging as a potential alternative to lithium-ion technologies in many applications. That's driven by some people's concerns around energy security and also geopolitical considerations in the supply chain of where we mine those materials and when they get processed. Now, currently, sodium ion batteries are produced in pilot plants and smaller factories, but capacities that have been announced from various raw material manufacturers look like they're exceeding 100 gigawatt hours over the next three years. Now, ID Tech X forecasts that by the middle of the decade, in two years' time, in 2025, 10 gigawatt hours of sodium ion batteries will be installed every year as the installed capacity as manufacturing increases and existing lithium ion mines are converted to sodium ion production. The average cell cost for sodium ion batteries is currently somewhere around mid 80s, like $85 per kilowatt hour. That will be dropping as it scales up. So there is a uh, a path to about 40 kilowatt, $40 per kilowatt hour at cell level and at pack level. So you add all the stuff around it and the components that you need to make an EV battery. And that'll go to about $50 per kilowatt hour very quickly. And that is incredibly cheap. Sodium ion batteries won't replace lithium ion batteries in applications where you need the volumetric energy density as a priority, like EVs. However, uh, they would be perfect for commercial energy storage, where cost control is a priority. Sodium ion batteries could also be an attractive alternative for some standard electric cars, not high-performance EVs, or people who don't need that performance, like me. I drive like a granddad. Uh, And I would quite happily have a a, a less powerful EV. It's absolutely fine for doing my daily chores. Um, There's many EVs that don't fully utilise the energy density of the best lithium-ion batteries these days uh, that have higher charging speeds and uh, and some of the benefits as well uh, to the latest, greatest technology. If you don't need that, you don't need the fastest charging in all temperatures, then sodium-ion batteries could well be an option for the future. And, fi- and finally, Alpine is the bit of Renault that I find really curious. I love to sort of read about Alpine because they rebranded their Renault Formula One team with Alpine, which is a name that many people don't even know is a either a Renault brand or 
what Alpine is. They sell a handful of cars every year, uh, but it's their sports and racing brand. And they developed their own platform for making electric vehicles, a bonded aluminium chassis called the APP platform for their EVs in the future. It's short for Alpine Performance Platform, and it'll underpin their future electric models. They're decision to make their own platform at Renault was influenced by the concept they made, the all-electric version of the A110, and it'll have an 800-volt architecture, and potentially, they say, it could be if in the future there is other technology, like a hydrogen-powered combustion engine, which would be daft, but it, it could be altered for other applications, they say. They're Proud of how lightweight it is, because it's for sports cars, and uh, power output anywhere up to 500 kilowatts of power at 100 kilowatt hour battery. It's interesting that even Alpine, that is a name that isn't particularly huge, but obviously part of Renault, which is mega, um, is developing their own platform. And that is your podcast for today. As always on a Sunday, love to give a mention to all of our executive producers and above. Our premium partners, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Porsche of The Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii. Derek Riley's EV Review Island YouTube channel, Octopus Electroverse. Global public charging made simple with one app and one map and lease plan electric moments, providing all the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Thanks to our partners David and Lisa Allen. Hi to Yucca Kukunen from shift2electric.com with the number two. Rajiv Narayan, Michael Lumley, and you can get battery reports for your EVs at recurrentauto.com. And thanks to all of our exec producers, Adrian Bond, Alan Shedd, Alex Banhini, Alexander Frank, Anders Hove, Andrea Jefferson, Andrew Luoma, Andy Nancaro and Lillian Cass, Asir Khalid and Bjard Fuchsdag. Uh, Bill Calhoun, Blaine McKinney, Blunderbuss Jones, Brian O'Leary, Brian Thompson and Bruce Bohannon. Chad Lane, Charles Hall, Christopher Barth, Colin Hennessy and Cam ZV and Craig Rogers. David Dysart, David Finch, David Partington, David Prescott, DCEV and Ed Cortine. Eddie Ragassa, Eric Hansen, Eru, Cuny, Nyombi, Frederick Rovic, Gene Rubin and George Totrolo. Heinrich Leisner, Helmut Selka, Ian Waddy Watkins and Ian Griffiths. Ian Sear, Jack Oakley, Jacob Kuhn, James Penfold, James Store, and Jan from E-Mobility Norway. Hi to Jim Morris, John Schroeder, John Vandervoort, John who is Beardy McBeardfacer, Ken TVs, and John Manchak. Juan Gonzalez, Kester Sandback, Kevin Masson, Lawrence Deanna, Lee Brown, Luke Colley, and Marcel Ward. Nathan Gore-Brown, Nathan King, Nathaniel Friedman, and Neely Roberts from Sussex EVs. Ohad Aston, Paul Stevenson, Pete Glass, Pete Gordon, Peter and D. Roberts, Peter Reiner, Phil Michette, Philip Forrester, Philip Troutman, and Roman Rowledge. Realtors Choice Photography, Rob from the RS Thinks EV channel on YouTube, Robert Grace and Roosevelt Watson. Sakey Payne, Stephen Penn, Steve John, the Plug Seekers EV YouTube channel, Thomas J. Tears, uh, Timothy Phillips and Tyler Voss. Have a good one, see you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.